Think about some of the things that you own. Do they make you feel happy, nostalgic, proud, maybe even secure? These are a few of the emotions we feel when it comes to our possessions. Today, we're going to be talking about our emotional attachment to our things. Why do so many of us have such a hard time letting go of our stuff? If you're a thrift or bargain shopper, it's probably safe to say there's a pretty big emotional component attached to thrift shopping. So what does letting go look like for thrifters? We're also going to explore what this all means in the digital age. Are we more or less emotionally attached to our material things in the age of Instagram and social media? Keep listening for episode one of season two of Allow Us to Rethriftroduce Ourselves. Allow Us to Rethriftroduce Ourselves. I'm Dina. I'm Shannon. We are two lifelong friends and we love to talk about bargain shopping, thrift shopping, secondhand shopping, and a little bit of our lives. Yeah, a lot of our lives, really. So we're back with season two. If you're just jumping in for the first time, that's pretty much what the podcast is about in a nutshell. We had a few weeks off and it was fantastic. Oh yeah. But we're ready to get back into it. I am. I'm pumped. I didn't realize how much time this podcast took until we took time off. And then you like had tons of time to relax. Did you feel like you're on vacation? I was like, oh my God, is this what people do on Saturdays? They take <laughs> they take naps. <laughs> But it, it's nice to get back into it. Yeah. I've kind of had like a gap. Like I'm missing something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, felt like, yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's nice to be back. I had the luxury of taking naps. You, not so much. Ooh, yeah. I just recently got back into naps within the last couple of days, which is making my life so much better. Why were you so busy? I moved. Yeah, finally. Right down the street from Dina. It's Five so minutes exciting. away. Yes. So a lot more tea parties and podcasts yes so because you moved you haven't been thrifting as much i have not gone into a thrift store in like two months wow what i does know feel like awful and good all at the same time like yeah. i keep going to thrift stores but just behind the thrift store <laughs> giving them all my junk not getting any deals 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 but i have been getting the receipts for tax time oh really yeah you like, don't, do you get that in the coupon? No, I have so many coupons because I haven't been going that I have like them built up. Plus, I have receipts. Okay, are you going to give me some of the coupons? Sure, man. Like, well, that's really smart that you're getting the receipts. I never do that. So I'm going to get a couple of receipts and then figure it out later. So I really don't know. Don't that's really smart. know what I'm doing with them, and they're they're really generic. Yeah, you can like write anything you want in them, which was weird to me. Well, and then you have to like estimate what the value is. Yeah. I think at the end of the year. Yeah, and as you'll find out in this episode, I think the value of all my things are one million dollars. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I bought a house. What'd you do? Took naps. <laughs> Did you do anything else exciting? No. 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 Okay. Tell me about... Did you do something different to your teeth? They look really white. What? They do. They look really white and, like, happy at me. I don't no, know. No, it's just because you haven't seen me. No, I saw you. You came to my house. I've seen your face. I brushed my teeth. Yeah, I hope so. Okay, yeah. tell me okay. Tell me about your move. Tell us what's going on. <sighs> Dude, it's crazy. Like, I feel like it's the most tedious process that I've ever been through, and I'm going to die in this house. Well... 
this is the first time you've moved in 12 years. Yeah. So that's why it's been really, really stressful. Right. I think the longer you stay in a house, the more stressful it becomes. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, because you've done it. Like, as long as I've known you, you've moved, like, what, five times or something? I'm, like, four or five apartments you're, deep yeah, since we've met. <laughs> yeah, and you, like, you're just, like, boom, 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 and done. All right, so you moved, you're getting settled. It's not as crazy as it was, although it's still pretty chaotic. Right, right, and I'm feeling better. What have you learned while you were on break? Don't suffer in silence. Ask Ooh. for help, right? Because I think, I think you're like my number one person that were, tr- you were constantly trying to like help me. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm perfect. Everything's wonderful. And then I just like had a breakdown because it's so hard to move from one place to another and like get everything out and work because I was still like mm-hmm. school was still in. And then I like refused to ask for help. And then all of a sudden I was like, look at this house. It's insane. What am I going to do? And you're like, dude, I'll come over and help you. And it was like, boom, boom, boom. And we're done. And I feel like that's a huge thing that I learned is I need to ask for help. I'm, I'm just not a person that does it. I don't know. I never ask for help. It's, it's weird. I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people are, are like that. Um, I learned a similar, similar lesson when Janine was a newborn. Mm-hmm. I refused to ask for help. Mm-hmm. No, you don't need to watch her. No, you don't need to um, come over and help. And then when people, when I started accepting help, I'm like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can breathe. Yeah, yeah. And it's like everybody's in a position at some point in their life that they need some help and you just need to take it. And there are certain people in your life that really, truly want to help. Like mm-hmm. people feel good about themselves when yeah. they help. Like yeah. I left, not to make this about me, but like I really wanted to help you. Like mm-hmm. I was, I, w- I had the energy to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt productive. I felt like I came home. I felt energized. You know, sometimes people like want to, like really, truly want to help. Right, right. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Next thing I learned, I'm 100% a hoarder. Tell me the truth. When you came to my house to help me, were you a little bit shocked by how much crap I had still? Even though I was like, it's cleaned out. It looks clean. No. No. Because I, I knew how much stuff you... You mean you've been telling me over the years. Like, you have no idea. You, you haven't seen my basement. I have so yeah. much stuff. So I, yeah. I, I knew you had stuff. Okay. Okay. Because I was wondering if you were shook by it. I mean... I'm shook by the amount of stuff you own, it's but I ridiculous. wasn't like shooketh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On the shook meter. <laughs> scale from one to shooketh. <laughs> How much of a hoarder am I? Despite having a strong emotional attachment to a lot of the things that you had in your house, you still donated a ton of stuff. Yeah. And I can't wait to get rid of more. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm on a roll. So quick side story here. Shannon texts me a few weeks ago. (laughs) She's like, hey, I donated a bunch of stuff to Goodwill in Cuyahoga Falls. She's like, do you want to see if you can find my stuff on the sales floor? (laughs) I was like, challenge accepted. And having interviewed Dee Dee in episode 11, I knew the turnaround. Like we asked her, you know, when you donate something, how long after that does it end up on the sales floor? So we knew it could be the same day or the next day. So I went the next day and I took pictures of a yes. bunch of things to see if I can find Shannon's donations. Some things I'm certain were yours. I can't wait. Some things I'm like, eh. Okay. So I've been holding on to I'm this. Nervous. I've been sitting on this for weeks because oh, I left thinking so like, fun. I'm like, I have to send her every single picture right now. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 save it for the podcast. 
So I, let's see. I'm going to be, I'm nervous to see if you thought I got some grandma stuff that isn't mine. I'm going to be offended. I can't <laughs> wait. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And we'll share, <laughs> we'll share, I don't know, the things that were yours. Sure. We'll whatever. share whatever pictures so you guys can see what Show we're me something about. you're certain first. Certain? certain? I almost knocked somebody over <laughs> to take this picture. <laughs> I was in line. I was checking out. It was the last thing I found. I was checking out and there were like a whole bunch of people behind me. I was like, nope, nope, nope. Excuse me. Busted out my phone. Everybody watched me take a picture. Oh I'm my like, God. and then I was like, I have to say something. I'm like, my friend donated this. Oh, I bet they're like, you're weird. This see. is yours. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody was buying it. No, it, I don't know. It was up front. It was up front by the register. I had it. I really, really wanted in my heart for you to find that. I, it was the last thing I found. How do you know it was mine? Uh, because I, I think like, I've did, seen it in your did house. Did you see it? Okay, it's it was like because it was upstairs in a bedroom. Do you know? Was it? Do it you was know it? where I got this? Yeah, it was upstairs in my bedroom. Remember the bedroom that we did our toes and like watch girls? Oh yeah, like your craft room. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where it was hanging. In our old apartment, it was at the dumpster. Somebody's throwing it away, oh. and Brian and I were like trash art no we're buying we're taking this we're not it's buying. pretty it's it's, it's kind of cool it's, it's like, like this colorful a art. college kid or a high school kid probably did and we thought it was fun but then okay. we were like we're moving we need to get rid of that do you want me to show you another oh, thing that, I'm that s- makes me so happy it was like i was gonna be really disappointed if you didn't find that oh i found it yes do you want me to show you another thing that i'm certain was yours or yeah. uh, give I'm me on. give me something that you uh, don't know oh god no, but you wish that, it was a little bit. That's cute. <laughs> it's um, a mushroom canister or it's mushroom. Cute. It's a mushroom pitcher. Yeah, that's cute. Isn't that adorable? It really is. Not yours? No. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Man. This is yours. Nope. Shut up. No, this is yours. I swear it's not. This flower picture is not yours. No. Mm-mm. I could see how you would think that. I have some flower pictures that I should have donated that are in my basement right now, and I'm thinking, why didn't I donate those? Mm. I okay. love how disappointed in yourself you are right now. This clown. No, that's Raggedy Ann. <laughs> oh, I thought a it was Raggedy a- Andy. That's not a clown. Okay, well, say you would have had a Raggedy Ann. Learn your Indeed. white people stuff. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a clown. Mm-hmm. Raggedy Andy looks like a clown. Okay, this is one hundred percent yours. No, <laughs> you're a liar. No. You're a liar. I know what you're talking about. Mine's you a- told me. You told me. Mine's you had way a- better than that. You told me you had a picture of a giraffe kissing I, a giraffe. I did. It's way better than that. What are the it's chances? Not, it's not that, that I didn't. I donated that a long time ago. What are the chances that I you tell to me? You buy, I'm trying to make you take it from me. Yeah, really? but listen. What are the chances <laughs> that you tell me I'm donating a bunch of stuff? And then I find a giraffe kissing a giraffe. That's true. That's true. But that's not mine. Mm-mm. What? My, mine, mine was way classier than that. Okay. Is this yours? That's yours. No. That's yours. No. I, ma- <laughs> I swear, Dina, I'm not lying to you. I get so excited. See how excited I got in the beginning? That looks like you. It does. It's cute. I kind of want it's it. It's a mirror. All of these DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Dude, if I could. That was like literally... I would say 10 boxes was DVDs. We have over 300 DVDs. That it's so, so stupid. That is so weird to me. It's so stupid. But Brian's like, what do you, do you want to watch that one streaming show and it's not there anymore? Told you. Everything's not going to be on streaming anymore. And then you got the DVD. Who even has a DVD player anymore? Exactly. God. Okay. This pumpkin. 
<laughs> no. Man. <laughs> this isn't going over very well. This owl. No. Uh, this owl this was yours this was yours no this owl wasn't i swear yours. it's not however so many this orange there's a lot of pan. stuff <laughs> but these things all look like <laughs> they you. do they're all me no these what are these i don't know they're like mine. nesting bowls yeah okay this shirt no these shoes <laughs> no those look like you though those are shannon's <laughs> shoes those are sh- Okay, this oven mitt is 100% you. Wow, this is a bust. No, that one. I feel so bad. That artwork made up for it. It really did. It really did. This wax melting thing. That's cool, no? Shaped like Santa. Okay, how to be a friend. (laughs) You're picking the best stuff. Like, this is everything I would try not to buy while I was there, but I'd want. This shirt. Mm Mm-mm. Okay, these tables. No. That man. That, that d- animal thing. No, I wouldn't get rid of that. <sighs> this Did I ask you about that? Mm-mm. Owl? Mm-mm. Okay, but you know what? This piece of art made up for everything. <laughs> everything. I'm so glad that you knocked people down <laughs> and like took a picture in front of everyone and probably made them think that that was like some famous art. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> This is trash art. Oh, oh my gosh. Good stuff. Let's get into today's episode. Okay. We were sitting on Shannon's new patio in her new rocking chairs. <laughs> Janine was trying to drink plant water. <laughs> and we were brainstorming some ideas for this season. And she had the awesome idea of talking about something that we both struggle with. And I know that many of our listeners and readers probably have um, some trouble with. And it's letting go of emotional attachment to material things. So let's talk first about, like, since this was kind of your idea, because you've been really close to it lately. Mm-hmm. What are you attached to? I have these attachments to things because they're like attached to my memories Mm -hmm. and they're attached to like a nostalgic idea of who I was back then. So when we were talking on your patio, I thought it was things that you've had as as an adult, like kitchenware, DVDs. Oh, yeah, yeah, That too. Yeah. Um, I have a wood bowl that we only use when we make sushi. You know how long it's been since we made sushi? like seven years yeah but we need it if we make sushi and we're planning on making sushi in the future but it's huge and it takes up a lot of space and it's like these things that i want to get rid of but then what if Mm -hmm. you know and i'm sure there's a solution but it's like but if if i have it why would i get rid of it so it's so it's just like a mixed bag of things like sometimes people are attached to like certain categories like kitchenware clothes like everything cameras like whatever but yours is like a mix of things oh yeah like my shoes are out of control out of control i don't even have enough space to put them all and i don't even wear them all i just don't want to get rid of just across the board you Mm -hmm. have a hard time letting go of things across the board yeah like blankets i love blankets is this weird no (laughs) i I didn't know that about you i love blankets like once i have a blanket i have such a hard time letting go of it it's so weird. I love blankets. Like like throw blankets? Any. any. Like yeah. one. I'm like, oh, my grandma made that. Or, oh, I remember when I bought that from Ikea. It's been such a good blanket for these last 12 years. Like, it served what? me well. 
like yeah like what like shannon what yeah i don't know dude so i thought about it because you were like I, I was like no i'm not attached to things and you're like yeah you are and i'm like okay what am i attached to and i think that i used to be because remember how much of a collector I used to be when oh, we first yeah. met? Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about you. Yeah. Like, I've kind of been like, what happened? What's going on? Well, I'll tell you exactly what happened. <laughs> I'm like, what, four or five apartments deep since we've met. Yeah. And so what has changed is, A, I've moved a bunch of times. I went through what you are going through right now four or five times. Yeah. And so as a result of that, my purchasing habits changed. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when I lived on, in Cuyahoga Falls in that apartment, remember I didn't have a TV. Yeah, that's true. And I was listening to vinyl records all the time. <laughs> and I'd be like, come over and listen to records, guys. <laughs> then I moved to Akron and it was awful. Awful. I had all those books and records and I was like, oh, this sucks. I didn't have that much help. And so it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, no more records. And then the second move, it was kind of like, okay, no more books. And then the third move, it was like, you need to get your clothes under control because mm-hmm. my clothes are seriously like the bulk of my yeah. my move like my stuff when I move. Mm-hmm. And so as a result of all of those moves, I started to change my the way I shop. But then I was like, but you know what? There's certain things that I just don't want to let go of. The things that I don't see a lot, I keep. And so that's why I held on to like a small vintage collection of clothes because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't see this often. I want to pass it on to somebody else, like how you're passing on some of your toys to other kids. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm accepting the fact that I don't have to get rid of everything. I can keep a small collection that makes me happy. I might not ever wear it. Mm -hmm. There are certain dresses I own that, okay, that green dress I brought that that looks like Ariel, Mm I mean, that will never fit me in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's part of a small collection of things that I own and that make me happy. And then one day, maybe I'll give it to someone. It took me years, Shannon. It took me years. And honestly, if it hadn't been for moving that many times, Mm -hmm. I would have... I would have been drowning in vinyl records. Right. If I stayed in the same place, right. I and I would probably would have taken them with me to the next place. Right. Mm-hmm. So now you know you know you make fun of me because I'm like oh, I don't want to buy it because it's a dollar. <laughs> I'm like because I know I don't have anywhere else to put it. Right. And if we move again, I'm like I I can't move it with me again. Right. right. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think a part of letting things go is understanding why we feel an emotional attachment to things. Tell me what's going on with you. I've been like this since I was little because when I was little and I lived with my mom, we moved. Just for an example, I had to repeat second grade because I went to three different schools in one year. So we moved a lot. So anytime we moved, I would lose stuff because whatever, my mom didn't pay attention or she did and got rid of stuff behind my back because I probably was a little hoarder back then. So I really think that it's all connected to that, to like always wanting to hold on to everything because it's mine. Mm -hmm. I had the same pillow. Did I ever tell you my pillow obsession? Mm -hmm. Like I had the same pillow from the time I was probably like six-ish, probably well into my 20s. Because it's just like my pillow and Mm -hmm. it was disgusting and like weird and fluffy and I don't know. Anybody saw it, they'd probably be like, you're so gross. But it was like mine and like I just had to have it with me all the time and it was my favorite pillow. And like I was like that with different clowns. I had Mm -hmm. clowns (laughs) instead of teddy bears. Yeah, I'm a freak. I had little stuffed clowns. I was like that with those. But at the same time, like 
I think that I'm way better than I used to be. Like, I can easily get rid of things. I have a harder time giving things away willy-nilly, like, to goodwill than I do to somebody who's like, I could use that. So somebody needs to lie to me Mm -hmm. and be like, I'll use all these things and then just take it all to goodwill and I'll feel fine about it. Right, (laughs) right. That's deep, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, this this is not something that you can just, like, fix in an afternoon. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. let me just clean things out. And and it's good for me to hear too, because sometimes when you're an outsider and you come in and you're like, all right, let me help you get organized. No, you don't need this. You don't need this. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to remember, like, people have feelings attached to these things. Mm-hmm. It's much deeper than just come over on a Saturday afternoon and help me declutter. Mm-hmm. And I can be intense in that way sometimes, <laughs> you know? Like, when you're like, how do I organize my cups? I'm like, uh-huh. you don't need that many <laughs> How many times are you taking shots? That helped me. I like it does to an extent. But you know, I have to remember I have to be more sensitive. So I I I have to be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. And as I was preparing for this episode, I was thinking of remember when we were in that thrift class that I was teaching at Goodwill, and there was a woman there, she was sitting on the left, she was there with her daughter, and she was like I mostly work on like a farm or something and she's like and I have lots of really really beautiful clothing and I don't wear any of it but I am very very strongly like emotionally attached to these things and she stumped me like I was like I don't have an answer like I I really didn't know how to respond right and so I think I gave her like a generic tip like oh you know hold on to like three or four things that you wear a lot and then put the rest I was like don't get rid of it ease your way into it, put it into like a bin and put it away, mm-hmm. you know, just so it's out of out of sight and you don't feel um, anxiety over it. And then I was just like, I don't know how to answer that question because I've never really come to terms or really like thought about my emotional attachment to things. And you're more mindful of it, like you know it exists. Mm-hmm. And I think some people just have a lot of stuff but don't f- – realize that they're emotionally attached to things Mm -hmm. they're just like these are my things and i'm cool with it Mm -hmm. but if you really started to dig a little deeper it's there right so we were both curious about this and we did a little research and there are tons and tons of great resources out there there's a ted talk about this there are tons of psychological studies that talk about this Um, but there was one particular article that was very helpful it's called the psychology of stuff and things and let us preface by saying we're not experts oh no. we're not professionals we're not doctors <laughs> we're not therapists we are merely consumers who love deals 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 <laughs> but um it's a fairly long article and we'll share it in the show notes but it kind of sums up why we why most people feel this way and act this way so were the, was there anything from the article that jumped out at you? I really, I I thought it was really neat that it happened so early. Yeah. Like, I, because I, I was thinking, oh my gosh, this could, like, Dina could start seeing this or have already seen it. I don't know, in Zane and, and Janine. And um, did you, have have you 100%. noticed it? 100%. Like, they already are doing that kind of, of stuff? Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the whole idea of, like, sharing yeah, and this true. is mine and that's, and give yeah. it back. She yeah. snatched something right out of his hand today. <laughs> so it's like, it. I never really thought about that. Mm-mm. Like, it's mine. It's yeah. mine. It, it belongs to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was shocked to, to see that. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm not a total freak. Yeah. It actually made me feel a little bit better that, like, this has been hap- this has been going on, like, because I'm alive. Every single person has to deal with it. Right. It just depends on how you, you know, work it out. They call that 
the endowment effect, which is placing extra value on an object simply by virtue of it being or having been theirs. It makes me think of a yard sale. Like how as as a a person selling, you have such a hard time giving somebody a good deal. But as a person buying, you're like everything for 25 cents. You know, but yeah. you're just, but as the, the seller always has a hard time, always had a terrible day after the yard sale because they barely made any money off of their valuable items. Because regardless of if it's actual, you know, expensive things, but it doesn't matter. They're somebody, somebody owned those things. So then they're valuable to that person. Right, them. right. So I was just immediately like, this is why yard sales are hard. That's so funny that you, you thought know. of yard sales when you thought, <laughs> when you read about that. Huh. And then one thing that really jumped out at me mostly because you said it word for word, is that they these possessions provide a sense of security, safety, and stability. Um, another point is nostalgia is obviously a huge part of it. We're hardwired to think the past is better than the future. That's so true. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Because we look at our past romantically even if it was crap yep. we're like we always forget the bad parts yeah yeah it's almost yeah your brain like works for you yeah keeps you positive yeah and think of how that translates to your possessions like you were saying you know you had a hard time getting rid of a lot of children's books and a lot of children's toys and barbies and because mm-hmm. it was just very nostalgic maybe your childhood wasn't all that great but the times you had with those barbies and those cabbage patch right. dolls were a fond time right like it's a fond memory for you exactly so okay we have all these reasons why i think you've done an amazing job identifying why you have such a hard time letting go of things that's more than a lot of people can say that they have done you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and what do you feel like you said when you gave us the stuff you felt a sense of relief because it's going to a new home Mm -hmm. like when you drop stuff off at goodwill how do you feel uh, a hundred, like a hundred bricks are coming off of my shoulders. You feel good. I feel so good. So you don't feel, you don't go home feeling depressed or like you're, no. you're longing for that loss. It's the, the, when I have a hard time is the moment between it being in my hand and going into the goodwill pile or going onto the shelf to be stored. And if it goes onto the, sh- I almost now before it was, everything has to fit in here. I don't care how bad it looks now. I feel like it's more of a, if it goes onto the shelf, I have a more guilty feeling of, are you going to use that? You better, if not, you better put it in that Goodwill power right now. Like, I'm almost like, you're like bullying yourself. I am, I am. <laughs> so, so it almost makes you feel worse to keep it. A little bit. Than, than releasing that. Right. To put it, like, it's not, it's not so much things that I know I'm going to use in my house. It's things in, in my storage area that I'm just like. Is it here because I'm going to get it out at holiday time? Or is it here because I don't know what to do with it, but I don't want to get rid of it and why? And let's figure that out right now. Because this is why I have so many things. Because I don't try to figure it out and I just put it on the shelf. And then 12 years later, I still haven't touched it. Okay, so let's talk about solutions then. Okay. Let's talk about things that have worked for us. Again, because we're not experts and we're not minimalists. We're like maximalists. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not necessarily encouraging that. Like, I think that becoming a minimalist is a huge undertaking. Mm -hmm. And so I don't care how much stuff you have, a lot, a little bit. I thought we could just talk about some of the things that have have helped us. And like, what can we do to release our emotional attachment to certain things? Okay. 
So for me, one thing that has helped me has been changing my mindset. And it's sort of like rewiring my brain to see the value in things. Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of that comes with growth too. Like you, the older you get, the more you start to see value in certain things and less value in others. Because I shop so much, I constantly see that like things are replaceable. I'm just like, seeing things over and over and over again and I'm seeing things that I saw back when I lived in that apartment in that apartment in Cuyahoga Falls so it's like it's it's not going anywhere so like when you say replaceable you mean like that feeling of if I get rid of this I'm never gonna find it again that's what you're saying yeah like Mm -hmm. that sushi bowl that you're talking about Mm -hmm. chances are you can find another one. And I'm not right. I'm not encouraging a lifestyle of waste, like buy right. things just because you can replace it. Right, right. If the time comes where you're like, oh my God, I really, really miss a sushi bowl mm-hmm. or whatever. What was it, a sushi bowl? It's just a wood bowl. A wood bowl, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. If you're like, oh my gosh, the last like five times we've made dinner, mm-hmm. I have I wished we had that bowl. Then you just go buy it again. Right, but you I think the like chances thrift wish list. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the chances of us wanting to replace those items that we get rid of Mm -hmm. are so much smaller than we realize. This is just my Mm -hmm. experience. And you're probably not going to get rid of it that second time. Yeah, Mm because you really started to like understand the value of it. Yeah. For me recently, if it's something that meant something to me, like was some sort of nostalgia kind of thing, it had to be small and I could keep it somewhere like in Mm -hmm. another box of Mm -hmm. like things. But in my head, I'm thinking you can no longer have six boxes of things you know that you're keeping from your past you need to have like one and like see what you can fit in that one box and then that's it yeah I because love that. there's so many like i have notes from high school why yeah why but stuff like notebooks from high school things that like that are just silly yeah you know it's cute like maybe to go through like like it's almost like having a yearbook you know like it's goofy to even have yearbooks but like it's something you can go through with your friends from high school and laugh and whatever then you kind of need to just get rid of it you know we had a big trunk of all like a bunch of valuable things um and we there's still a lot of good stuff in there it's like pictures from when we lived in jordan notes or letters that we wrote from jordan to the united states back and forth with our friends and and cousins and so a lot of those things we kept but also in that box was a lot of dumb notes from high school poems i used to write in high school and i was like this is awful like i'm like if i ever died and people clean out my stuff i'd be mortified oh yeah yeah so we kept the really valuable ones that were from jordan like because you can see like the old postage and stuff like that and that was Mm -hmm. like a huge part of my childhood right but all the high school stuff i got rid of but i thought okay i want to be able to like remember middle school and high school in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't Facebook or anything. There was no documentation of it other than these things. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I kept in this box were old planners, like day planners from oh, that's school. Cute. Because mm-hmm. it was kind of like a diary. Uh-huh. Like all of, it was just the planners that they gave us at school, like our agendas. So it had like, you know, appointments and tests and notes and phone numbers and all sorts of stuff like mm-hmm. that. And Every now and then I'll just look at it and it'll be like a diary. But Mm -hmm. all that other stuff, like you said, I just, I'm like, I would never want anybody to read these notes. Oh, yeah. I I like found poems that said like, when I die, I wonder if I'll be published or some garbage. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Thank God I was reading those with friends and we all were able to make fun of my 12-year-old self. (laughs) So that's a good point is like, you don't have to get rid of everything. Mm -hmm. Just keep a few things. Mm -hmm. Like, just keep a couple things that remind you of a certain era or decade or whatever right um another thing that has helped me is 
getting into the habit of cleaning things out every three months. Mm. At first, it started like intentional. I'm like, okay, it's been three months. Let me tackle an area. And then now I almost feel like I'm programmed to do it. Like what? Like give me an example. So the other day I was, I just blogged about this. I was standing there in front of the fridge and I was just like, I've got to, I've got to start cleaning everything. I don't feel like death when I'm done. Mm -hmm. I feel productive. I feel Mm -hmm. energized. Not like, I don't feel like, oh my God, I'm never buying anything again. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, we've got to stop this. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like, all right, that was, it was time. So you mentioned earlier, one of the things that helped you was taking a picture of stuff. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. Yeah, it's helping me. It really, really is. Like just that idea. I think that's one of the main reasons why I'm not sad about my Cabbage Patch Kids is because I have pictures of all of them. And like all my Barbie stuff, I have all those pictures now. So it's just like, I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I don't need to touch the stuff. I just want to see it. I found myself doing that um, when I'm thrifting. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to buy everything. One of the things that has really helped me is just taking a picture of it. Taking a picture of it, posting it on Instagram, sharing it with other people. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now we all enjoyed it. You and know, you like know that what? cherry the, the other day. That yeah. was really, and I immediately was like, oh my God, did she buy this? No, I'm not. And I'm, you, you know put I mean? on like, it, like how much it was, where it was, go find it. Somebody else enjoy it. I like, love it. We can all enjoy it together online. Mm-hmm. And then if that one person really wants it, mm-hmm. I know I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And then that makes me feel so good. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I don't even share the stuff. Or maybe, maybe I'm only sharing it with you mm-hmm. or my sisters. I'm mm-hmm. not sharing it publicly. Right. And I'm like, okay, I got it out of this, out of my system. Right. Like, just like when you find cute cat stuff that we do not need right. in our homes, but you really kind of want it. It's like impulsive. You really want to buy it. Yeah. And you just share it. Yeah. That's a great idea. I love it. Um, one thing you said earlier that stuck with me was that giving certain things away to people who you know will appreciate it. Right. For example, I just gave you and Neri... Cabbage Patch dolls. And it makes me so happy to give you Cabbage Patch dolls and I don't feel upset or sad that I'm getting rid of them. I just want to give them to someone who will care about them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like they're just little kids and they're going to play with them and whatever. Who cares? But it just like makes me feel better because that was the point. Because it's not so much that like you're going to have this thing and be able to give it to somebody and then they're going to have the memories that, you know what I mean? But it right. just like brings that nostalgic feeling back of when you were a kid and had fun and like played with your stuff. And that is one of the best ways to sort of let go of this emotional attachment to things. So like not only giving them away to people, but like for me, I have the urge to buy a lot of things. And so instead of buying for myself, I just help other people find what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You're always finding me cool stuff. So I'll be like, when you move it, I'm like, what's on your list? Let me buy it for you. Mm-hmm. But you're still doing what you love. Yeah. 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 And sometimes it's not necessarily like helping people cross things off their list. Like just, Buying gifts for other people. Yeah. I love thrifting gifts. It's so much fun. So much fun. Okay. So what does this all mean for thrifters? Thrifters, I think, tend to be emotionally attached to their purchases. When you think about when you find a deal, when you find a gem, you get excited. You have, you get like an adrenaline rush. I mean, I can assume that almost all thrifters feel that way. I mean, that's kind of the purpose of this podcast. Right. (laughs) It's to talk about deals. Right. So there's a strong emotion, emotional component attached to thrifting. Mm -hmm. But then how does that impact your ability to let things go? Right. Like if this is something you're dealing with, like I am, you have to come up with what's going to make you feel good. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you have to really set up rules for yourself mm-hmm. because before I didn't, and I mean, we've talked about it before, I've been thrifting since I was young and I used to buy every single thing that brought me happiness or every little thing that brought some sort of nostalgia or every little thing that was 70s looking because that's what I was into in the 90s, you know, like, and I remember like having a hundred pairs of shoes and it's like, What? what who what kid needs a hundred pair of shoes but that was my like collection that was like my thing that I was doing was my hobby and it is a lot of people's hobbies still but it's like you have to figure out what where where you draw the line for yourself because everybody's different yeah and and it's just really changing your mindset and changing your habits so my last question is how do you think our emotional attachment to things affects us now in the age of Instagram. It does seem like it might be a little bit easier because everything's documented now where it wasn't before. Well, like before we actually had a physical picture, we had to take a camera and we had to get it, you know, the film developed, we had to pay for all these things. And now it's just you have your phone, you take your pictures, you have all this documentation of things you saw every single day, you know, where before like if you went on a trip, you'd keep tickets and you'd keep movie stubs mm, and you'd keep like mm-hmm. all these little things mm. that we don't keep today. You don't need it. You have it all on your phone. You can screenshot things like we have it. We have scrapbooks on our like you just go to your photos and it's a scrapbook, you know, compared to like before, like I was one of those people. I'd keep every like when we went to Disney on our honeymoon in 2006, I kept a napkin like you know what I mean? Like a ticket stub and a napkin and a little Mickey Mouse thing and like all these little tiny things. They're just trinkets and junk. But I kept it because it, like in, to me it was memorable. This is such an interesting perspective. You're thinking of this from a personal point of view. Your memories, your experiences, your collection of things in the form of a photo. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of this question as do we have a stronger emotional attachment to things now because we're constantly sharing our lives our lives are public now like look what i'm wearing look at my home look at my car look at my experience on vacation look at what my kids are wearing look at my what my kids experiences yeah so like i know a lot of bloggers will buy things just to share them and then they'll take them back yeah or they'll wear them and then take them back which is totally wild so much work yeah yeah and so that's kind of what I thought, like, from a blogger perspective. Because okay. my experience on Instagram is different than your experience yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, you know, even as, as a thrift blogger, like, do I feel a stronger attachment to this because I showed the world that I have it? Right. You know, right. like, I can't get rid of this now because everybody knows I own it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, everybody knows I thrifted it. Yeah. That's wild. I didn't so, even think of it like that at all. Because, like, in my head, the our world can, is so fake. Like, uh, that idea, like, you could take a picture and tell people you own it and never even be in your house. You know what I mean? Like, you could take it. Yeah. Like, any, you know what I mean? Like, like I was saying, can, like, those girls will buy clothes, yeah, wear them, and then take it. They exactly. never own them. Like, you can, you can just, like, make your life however you want right. to look online. I don't know. Like, for me, that world doesn't exist. It's just too exhausting. All of that is just so exhausting. That's, like, I love your answer, though, that, like, you can you can still feel an emotional attachment to your life experiences without all that material baggage. Mm-hmm. It's all digitized mm-hmm. now. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because that's how I think of, that's how I'm thinking. Like, how has it changed my life? 
So if your house was on fire, everybody's fine. Like everybody's out. You have like five minutes to grab something, one thing to take before it's all gone. What would you take? Like, does Dan get to take something too? Or is it just me? Just you, just you. I would probably take that trunk I mentioned earlier that has a bunch of memories from our childhood and Jordan because that's all that that's all we have left from Jordan Mm -hmm. everything else is replaceable right right yeah yeah what about you same like photos yeah photo books that's it yeah just like like because it's just like that's all you need everything else you can borrow or you know thrift well, this has been um, kind of therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I should go home and, like, take six bags of stuff to Goodwill and it'll all be my grandma's stuff. Well, and I don't think this, the takeaway is necessarily, like, go home and get rid of all of your stuff. Think about it. I think the the most eye-opening thing for me is, like, well, why are we attached to these things? Mm-hmm. Like, what what's happening with us and understanding that piece and then what that the solutions are going to look differently for everyone. Like I keep thinking about that lady in our in our class, and I I just think it's it's different for everyone, right? And I think one of the most important things to remember is if you are ready to get rid of your stuff, you know, if you listen to this and you're like, okay, I'm excited, I'm going to release my emotional attachment to some of these things. I don't think you need to do it all in one day. No, we have this assumption that like you just need to go hard mm-hmm. and sweat your butt off and it's just it's taxing it's Mm -hmm. physically and emotionally taxing you can chip away at it exactly there's no there's no rule that says you have to do it all at once right you just have to be kind to yourself yes yes you know if you're just tuning in for the first time most of the time we leave you with a beautiful, beautiful rendition of a song that relates to the episode. What would you like to sing today? Maybe a little in sync. I'm doing this tonight. You're probably going to start a fight. In my basement behind. Ooh, like it. I don't know these words, Dina. <laughs> All I know is the five of my part. <laughs> I know that I can't take no more. It ain't, ain't no lie. I want to see that junk out that door. Baby, bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. Go to Goodwill. Bye, 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 <laughs> bye, so bye. <laughs> so bad. Thanks for listening to Allow Us to Rethriftroduce Ourselves. For episode show notes, photos, links, and more, go to dinasdays.com slash podcast. If you're not signed up for the newsletter, be sure to do so so you can get episode notifications sent directly to your email. And follow us on Instagram at dinasdays and fat don't crack.